every single one of us. It doesn't matter what we've done in the past and what we will do in the future because we will fail. We will quit. We'll run out. And we belong to you. We thank you and praise you for this gift of life that we have received at your table. Pray that you would fill us with your spirit, that we would understand ourselves differently now than we ever have before. We thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning once again. My name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors here. Very excited to have you, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, so this, uh, the first service, they went really long, and I only had a few minutes uh, to preach. And this service, I took them long. Uh, so there you go. That's just what happens. Apparently, I didn't really have that much to say today. But before we get going, the city. Uh, if you're not on the city, you need to get on the city. If you don't know what the city is, you need to wake up. Um, I'm, just, I'm, I'm angry all of a sudden. I don't know why. But uh, the city is a, a wonderful tool that we are using at the church to communicate, to disseminate information, to gather together our body and to become a community. This is how we are um, moving forward to do life. Uh, if you want to sign up for the city, there's a laptop on the back uh, table right back there. Stacy will be back there after the service to help you, uh, to walk you through it. It's very easy um, and it will be uh, very cool. Uh, Seder, uh, Easter is coming. We are going to have a Seder meal again. Uh, we did a community Seder meal last year here in the CLC. It was very cool. About a hundred people showed up. Uh, uh, this year it's going to be a little different. It will be March 30th, Saturday at 6 PM here in the CLC. Uh, one of the things that the reason we're asking so early is, uh, we want some, uh, host families. And what I mean by that is, uh, as you go through a Seder meal, it's normally done, um, in your home with your family. And so there would be a host family, a, um, a matriarch and a patriarch or whatever of, of that uh, table to go through the Haggadah. And, uh, and, and we would like to have those families, kind of people to step up and say, hey, I will uh, host a table. And it will be as if it were my table here in the CLC. And if you have any questions about that, please come and talk to me. If you're wondering why Christians would do uh, and celebrate a Jewish holiday, it's because, um, guess what? We're Jewish too, if you believe in uh, Jesus. Uh, so there you go. It is part of our history and our memory, and it really speaks into um, who we are. So, uh, so if you have a question about it, see me, see Stacy afterwards. If you want to be a, a host family, Stacy can, uh, can get you settled there. Uh, this past Friday, two days ago, we had the lab, our second lab worship experience here in the CLC. And I got to tell you, it was awesome. Uh, it was so cool. Uh, to, to just come and, and, the, and the worship that happened and the prayers that happened and um, the healings that happened. Um, that's right. It was pretty awesome. Um, so and, and then the painting. And if you were here on Friday, you will know that that is not what that looked like um, at all. Uh, Philip, who was here, uh, he emailed me last night and he's like, hey, man, I want to add a couple of things to it. Can I get in? And, and I didn't see it until this morning. He asked me, I was like, just get up. So during the 930 service, he completely changed his entire painting. Looked nothing like that. Um, I was like, "Is this performance art? What's happening here?" Uh, and uh, but but there it is, and uh, it was very cool to have him uh, on stage Friday night and this morning as well. Uh, so we are in Exodus chapter 13. We have been following the uh, the Hebrews out of their captivity uh, with uh, with slavery to Egypt, and we find ourselves chapter 13, verse 17. When Pharaoh Finally, let the people go. God did not lead them on the road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest way from Egypt to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them along a route through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. 
And the Israelites left Egypt like a marching army. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel swear that they would take his bones with them when God led them out of Egypt, as he was sure God would. Leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. The Lord guided them by a pillar of cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night. That way they could travel whether it was day or night. And the Lord did not remove the pillar of cloud or pillar of light, fire from their sight. Now, you know that sometimes I like to take my time in scripture, uh, Matthew, two and a half years. So this little section, I could be here for a while, uh, but, but I don't have the time. Um, so we're going to speed through this. Anybody have a GPS system in their car? You type in your little route and it says uh, shortest way, fastest way. Avoid highways, avoid Philistines. No? Sorry. That's all I have for that GPS analogy. I just thought it was funny. Um, so when, when you look at this scripture, what the, the place I want to go with it is the pillars. The pillars of cloud and the pillars of fire. If you're studying scripture, one of the things that you need to do is to say to yourself, has this happened before? Has God said this before? Has, has this type of event happened before? If you're looking at the New Testament and you're looking at the teachings of Jesus and the things that happen, you can delve into that and go, okay, because Jesus quoted the Old Testament, right? He, he quoted the text, the Hebrew text, all the time. Where did this happen before? And when you go back and you see what Jesus is referring to, it opens up a whole lot more about what's happening right then. You can do this with the Old Testament as well. It just gets a little harder the further you get back into the front of the Bible. For example, and if you're in the book of Exodus, you only have one other book to look for. However, if you think about the pillars of cloud and the pillar of fire, you may ask yourself, has this ever happened before? This is a pretty momentous thing. This is huge. Has this happened before? It hasn't. I was just asking the question. Not really. In Genesis that would be pretty funny. Though. Chapter 15. It says this. Now, in Genesis uh, chapter 15, it's the, the story um, of Abram, as he is called at the time, and his interactions with God. And God saying, look up at the stars, count them. That is what your generations, your descendants will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. And Abraham, Abram's like, OK, that's great. But wait, how are you going to make this happen? Then the Lord told him. Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, turtle death, and a young pigeon. Abram took all these and killed them. He cut each one down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, divide the birds in half. Some vultures came down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. That evening, as the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep. He saw a terrifying vision of darkness and horror. Then the Lord told Abram, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land and they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. But you will die in peace at a ripe old age. After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land when the sin of the Amorites has run its course. As the sun went down and it became dark, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates River. First use 
of cloud and fire of God appearing in these forms. Now, what's the significance? A few weeks ago, Daryl talked about the fact that um, these stories are not just stories of history. They are memories. They're our memories. This is part of our history, our family tree, something that happened to our family. When we begin to see it this way and understand it this way, it shapes who we are to become. If you look at these stories, it tells you who you are and who God longs for you to be, because it's not just something that's written down in a book. It happened to our family. Now, the Hebrews coming out of Egypt would have been well aware of their family history. They would have been well immersed in the history of Abram. They would have known the stories that was told for generations When they were in Egypt and they begin to see light, they're probably looking at calendars. Wait, how long have we been here? It's been just a little over 400 years. Dude, God told Abram 400 years and we're out. He said that we're going to leave with great wealth. It's coming true. What God promised. God said, "I, I have your children. And your children's children and your children's children. I've got them, Abram. It's okay. They're going to go through some tough moments, sure. But then I'm going to lead them into freedom. So he makes an agreement with Abram. He makes a covenant to make this secure and true. Now, a covenant, when you enter into a covenant in biblical times, you would do something similar to this. You would get the appropriate animals. You would cut them in half. You would lay them in such a way that their blood flowed down together and made a blood path. And when the two parties make this agreement, they both walk through the blood path as if to say, to seal it, as if to say, should I ever break the covenant, you can do to me what we have done to these animals. Should I break the covenant, kill me. So God comes to Abram. He's like, hey, dude, we're going to make a covenant. And Abram's like... You're God. You're not going to mess up the covenant. It's going to be me. But then God walks through twice. In the form of a cloud, this smoldering fire pot, and and a torch, a flame, and a, a cloud and flame. They go through the blood path twice as if to say, Abram, I know you're going to mess it up. But I got this. I will protect you. I will provide for you. I will care for you. So now, the Hebrew people are leaving Egypt. What they have always known now, these people that are alive have never known life except in slavery. And so they come into the wilderness. They come into this desert. You've got to think that there's a little bit of fear and anxiety going on. You've got to think that there's a little bit of like, ah, I don't know what's going to happen. But they're walking through this wilderness, and what's guiding them? A memory. A memory of the promises of God. A cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night, both representations of God when our story, when we think to Father Abraham and the covenant that God made with him, God keeps his promises. We may not know where we're going, but we know because we believe and we have this memory of Abram that God's going to take care of it. God 
keeps his promises. God protects. God provides. Anybody need to see a pillar? Cloud? Fire? Think about how great those two representations are, by the way. When you're out in the wilderness, in the desert, during the day, it gets hot. So God casts shade. At night, a lot of times, when you're in the desert, it gets cold. So God creates warmth. As an aside, you know how my mind works. We were joking the other day about the pillar of fire. I wonder if there's a little, bunch of little Hebrew kids that would walk up with s'mores and go, shh, shh, let's go, let's get some, let's get some s'mores going. Yeah, that just happened. You know, God's like, I love those kids. They're going to be leaders. They're not afraid of me. They know that I protect and I provide. Do you need to see a pillar? You need a pillar of fire? Give you warmth, security? You need a, you need a pillar of cloud to give you some shade? Do you need either one of those to give you some guidance, some direction in your life? You ever been a pillar? I gotta tell you, the way that God operates these days, we are the pillar. We are the warmth. We are the shade. We are the ones who come alongside each other. When we're lost, and say, come on, I got you for a while. We are the ones, the body of Christ, the church, who should be in the world, the light of Christ. We should be the shade that, that casts this great immense shade over the world saying it's okay come to us sometimes we're the ones who have fallen we need to be picked up as Daryl said earlier um, if you need somebody to sing for you let someone sing for you and if you can if you can sing louder today sing louder that's the way we shouldn't just worship that's the way we should live If you're going through a season where you need somebody to pick you up and to carry you for a while, hop on board. We are the body of Christ together. I wish I had more time because there's this really cool thing about the least, last, and lost. If you want to know about it, come talk to me afterwards. I have no time now. (laughs) Teaser. The worship team is going to come back up right now. And um, we're going to sing one more song. I have no idea what they're going to do because they changed it last service. And I'm going to ask the, the prayer team to, to go into the, the back of the room, um, if you would. And if you're at a place right now where you need to remember your story, where you need to remember the story of our people, that, that God promised something. God promised to protect and provide and to care and to love. If you need to remember that promise, if you need somebody to pray with you, go back there. Let them pray for you. If you're in a great place right now where you feel like you are a pillar of light, a pillar of fire, a pillar of cloud, go back, pray with them, rejoice. 
Ask where God longs for you to be so that you can give warmth, you can give shade, shelter. We all have those moments in our life, those seasons in our life where we're one or the other. That's what makes the body of Christ so beautiful. Is that we surround each other and remember our past and move in to the future glory of God. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you. We thank you, God, that you made a promise with us. That you would love us. That you would release us from captivity. That you would free us from death and give us life. God, we thank you so much that you kept your promise. You kept your promise on a cross. When your son died, when he conquered death, we received life. God, we ask that as we finish this time of worship, that we would not forget our story. That we would not forget your promise. And that if we have the strength to be light and shade today, that we would be light and shade. If we need someone, if we need somebody, if we're crying out for that light, for that shade, enable us to hear those cries and to surround our brothers and our sisters and to carry them forward. God, we thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.